Yeah! We're back for another one. And another one. Yeah! Ignore, ignore the fact that I'm wearing the exact same outfit I was wearing last night when I recorded live. Just ignore that. It's neither here nor there. Can you tell uh, I'm self-conscious about it? All right, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, you're starting to look like Eddie Kingston, man. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Rocking the tank top. Back Especially right in the shoulder area is where I really look like him. What the fuck is going on? It sounds like nonsense. Uh, my cat is uh, found a rock um, inside the hardwood floor. He's batting it around as if it's a real cat toy. So, so it's, uh, it sounds like a spanking's in order in my book. Yeah. So stop buying your cat's toys and just throw rocks on the ground. They'll play with them. Hi, everybody. Welcome to a meaty man coordinating an NXT 2.0 exploring, AEW 2.0 exploring, Grand Slam smacking episode of the Brothers of Discussion. We're talking the boys of generations past. Biggie becoming a locker room captain and dive into the newest and most depressing, uh, in, a, in a long series of depressing stories from Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, that and anything else, time allowing, Matt. Josh Roberts would say, with a 60-minute time limit. Matt, it's been a hot, spicy week of wrestling. Cats are treating rocks like toys, and uh, I'm uh, fresh out of watching Candyman in the theaters, the remake uh, from Monkey Paw Production Studios. And let me tell you, no bullshit. When I got out of a movie at 8, 10 o'clock, 10 p.m., Man, it was dark out. No kidding. There's a honeybee on my windshield, and I was a little freaked out uh, about the synergy with that. Matt, how are things uh, over at your place? Are there any uh, uh, harbingers of evil on your windshield? No, I just it was a fucking nightmare of a day. Um, kids wouldn't nap when they're supposed to nap. Um, I couldn't get my daughter to eat McDonald's. Um, just she's a Burger King. First Burger time. King kid. No, she's never had Burger King. Um, we we that's uh, not this household. Uh uh. Oh. But uh, we're trying to collect all those Disney Happy Meal toys, so we have started going there. Maybe we than- we meaning you and your wife, not you and your daughter. Why? That's a it's a family trip. Um. <laughs> She okay. she wants Pooh Bear and Minnie Mouse and I would like Mickey and I think we probably already missed anyway. Um, so I'm just what a nightmare of a day it was is I couldn't even get a, a two year old uh, to have a bite of a hamburger uh, today, <laughs> which is I I feel like that might be uh, one of the worst parts of the day, but also right. Right before I started making dinner, you know, after this nightmare of a day, I got Teddy on my side. I got Addie on my side. She was coloring by herself. Teddy and I were getting ready to make dinner. And then I knocked my goddamn coffee on the ground because I knew I needed to stay up for this. I I accidentally smacked it with my arm. Coffee went flying all over the kitchen. Uh, Scared my two-year-old. I had to put um the four month old down and he didn't like that so then it was just i I, like it it i was back to normal and then i just completely set everything off again until uh the wife got home um to save me so it was a nightmare of a day and dark uh, side uh dark side of the domestic life huh yeah this was uh certainly if, if anybody has their significant other and you've had the conversation if uh kids are on the table um Here's some fuel for the opposite decision of, of, of yes. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why I had to say it let's, like that. Uh, but, uh, let's just get another cat. Let's yeah, just get another cat to get, get rid of these rocks in the dining room. Buy, buy some condoms, stat. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> let's get into this show, man. Uh, where yeah, can the beautiful people find us? Yeah. It's uh, at BOD Podcast on Twitter and uh, BODpodcast.com and brothersofdiscussion.com. Mike, I had a conversation today. With the lawyer um, and uh, the federal government, we are so close. Just a letter away. From getting subscriptions from the government? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> for finally uh, being copyrighted and trademarked. Uh, we're, we're this close. Uh, just Sick. to mention more. So it was a funny conversation I have today with uh, a guy telling me, now you can't trademark wrestling podcasts. And I was like, I'm not trying to. <laughs> it's like speaking to the federal government about that. And I was like, no, it's it's the full thing. And he's like, well, you could trademark Brothers of Discussion, but you can't trademark pot wrestling pot like it those words can't be put together nobody can nobody can trademark a full brand with those words so yeah i but, get that right i was like i'm not it's the full you know like if i sell a t-shirt i'm gonna have the brothers of discussion wrestling podcast but then then they were like yeah so you could put that on the t-shirt because nobody can trademark that and i went yeah, I guess that makes sense. So if we can't, nobody else can. So there's that. We got that going for was us. This, was this an attorney with a lot of papers falling out of his briefcase? And Yeah, you could hear him in the background. Uh, a lot of scrambling, running around, signing papers that are midair. Either that or he had a really good Foley artist in there with him. Just doing helicopter wow. sounds. Wow. <laughs> All right. Enough of the Foley artist jokes. Um Let's jump into Biggie, Mike, uh, becoming our. Uh, can we just call him a WWE champion? Do we have to call him the heavyweight? Because uh, I, I like it. It just feels more right to just say Big E is the WWE champion. That's that's that. Just the yeah. Maybe the maybe the fewer adjectives, the better, right? Yeah. Because now we just know it's the World Wrestling Entertainment Champion instead of having to add caveats to it. I like it. Yeah, now you're now you're confusing it though. There's all that world and the wrestling. There's no wrestling. This is all entertainment. No, um, <laughs> I I uh, I do like actually your first note here, and I, I figure you should be the one to say it. Um, I hadn't thought about it yet, uh, but there's a lot of unique elements to Big E winning the title besides us. Just uh, I mean, since we started the show, he's been one of our favorite wrestlers to the point, Mike, where I vowed to eat a big e i'll just say it a big e well, cock cake, yeah. <laughs> uh if he did not win money in the bank and this was three years ago i believe and uh he did not win the money in the bank but even at that time i was so sure when uh, kofi was going for the title i i was i was very happy for kofi but in you know in the back of my mind i was thinking yeah biggie's my champion on the new day <laughs> And this is it. I, I finally got it. All of those years, all of the episodes we've done where we keep asking the WWE to make Biggie our WWE champion, it, it finally happened. Um, but yeah, Mike, I, I figured, like I said, I, I wanted you to take it away with some of the yeah, other details I, uh, here. No, the, uh, you know, we've had so few examples of, um, you know, black superstars getting the top prizes that a lot of firsts are going to start, you know, collecting here. Thankfully. Oh, I, thankfully we'll just leave it at that. Um, so not only is, you know, Biggie essentially becoming the, um, you know, fourth major black champion, you know, after rock Kofi and Bob, um, we're actually getting a transition from a black champion to a black champion. Um, you know, for the men, that's the first time that ever happened. Uh, but I will say that, you know, Bianca taking it from Sasha would be the actual first time it happened. Um, but yeah, I, I, we're going to talk about Dark Side of the Ring just to kind of juxtapose, um, like, what things used to look like 20 years ago and what they look like now. You know, a locker room that, you know, Undertaker is, you know, uh, grinding his molars into dust uh, with, with, all this hatred that he has and calling all these guys soft, but it's, it's just a totally different mentality. Um, and I think Biggie's right there in the middle, um, at the forefront there, uh, being a supportive guy, um, getting support, you know, from all branches of professional wrestling, even people outside of WWE, uh, from all sorts of different, um, entertainment mediums, people, you know, reaching out and congratulating him for becoming champion. Um, you know, this is a guy who's he's looked at as a as a locker room uh, captain, um, somebody who you know has obviously learned uh, under Kofi's wing, you know, about 
leading by example and you know you can use your voice but you want to you know set good habits and um, um, you know I, I guess for newer people you know it's maybe okay undertaker to you know play video games instead of you know doing debauchery um, it's it's okay to maybe prioritize uh, family um, instead of debauchery um, this is a guy one of the first people that he got to speak with was uh, Brody Brody Lee's family um, you know reach out to them and they they were really touched and they kind of live near each other they you know speak all the time um, and so Biggie, you know, very humble, self-effacing, uh, even with, you know, how outspoken he is uh, in character. But, I mean, this is a guy who cares about Brody's family. You know, this wasn't just, you know, their buddies in the locker room and they tussled once in a while. They made real connections. Um, and, I mean, this is a guy who, you know, one of his big pet projects was Our Heroes Rock about black history, uh, about heroes in black history, uh, about making it, um, you know, a more digestible, you know, story in cartoon form, you know, making it fun. Um, I, I just, it's, it's great that he won because we love the character, but you know, the man is, is such a hard worker. Um, it's, this is so well-deserved. This is just fantastic, um, booking decision by WWE and, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm really excited to see where Biggie takes this, man. I, I wasn't trying to steal every single talking point, but I, I think I got all of them. Man, did you have any for, for Biggie's uh, big moment here? Well, it is, uh, to get into, like, the politics of pro wrestling and, like, pulling the trigger now, so many huge things were happening with AEW. Um, it is funny that these things are always dangled in front of us to always keep us like waiting. And are we finally going to see like a cash in? When is this big moment happening for Big E? And, and I, you know, I say they dangle them in front of us so that we continue to tune in. But yeah. uh, the politics of all of this is, is WWE absolutely needed to do something to get us excited about their program again. And I, I just think it's funny that they do dangle this kind of stuff in front of us instead of just pulling the trigger or things could get out of hand or they lose the momentum or something like that. And and they do seem to always fuck up the timing. Uh, but this felt like the timing was controlled by a completely different company. And, you know, the the, the timing of it, I, I you could definitely argue it came out of nowhere. And uh, Big E announcing that he's going to cash in on Twitter was... Almost, uh, you know, it's akin to uh, WCW saying mankind's going to win the, you know, the WWF title back in the day. It had me tuning into Raw as appointment TV for the first time all summer. I'm not sure. Is it still summer? Is it officially fall? I don't, I I wore, I'm wearing shorts right now. I'm calling it summer. I mean, look, at, yeah, I'm doing my Eddie Kingston uh, get up yeah. right now. Uh, I'll be doing Dexter Loomis starting next week because it's going to be in the 60s for a high. But uh, Eddie Kingston now, Dexter Loomis in my Henley Gosh. next week. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I guess uh, it, it is, it's just funny to me to, to get back to my point is how often they fuck things up dealing with the money in the bank, dealing with some of our favorites being close to the main event and just not getting it right. And and finally things were taken out of their hands and, and they needed to give something huge for us all to be excited about. And it, it just feels like give WWE credit for having their champions lined up, you know, in the right way. I think we all wanted Bobby Lashley. Uh, we did want the Hurt Business to stick together. Uh, and then we're all huge fans of Big E and to see him win in the entire pro wrestling world, just turn around and go on his social media, speak to who follows them um, and speak to Big E through social media. So many different folks. And this just really lifted up the entire business. And it's like, is this, is this sort of a fuck up by WWE by waiting this goddamn long? I mean, to, to, to go back to my point earlier with how much we love Big E, and I could have pegged him as the Money in the Bank champion three years ago when the show started. Uh, or I'm sorry, I mean, the show started before then, but three years ago when we were talking about that Money in the Bank, and I still wanted him to win, and we had to wait this long. What, what the fuck is going on? And they finally got it right when, again, I think 
I don't think that this is too late because this is still a pretty big celebratory moment. It, you know, could have absolutely been earlier, but but I I would compare it to like like a Braun Strowman, right? Braun Strowman when he won, that was way after he was at his peak, and it was just kind of like, oh, well, obviously he's a transitionary, uh, transitional champion. Um, He's not going to hold that belt for very long. That was that was one hundred percent botched. This. Could have been earlier, but like listening to Biggie interviews, he said, you know, for it to take this long, it, it, it feels feels earned. So yeah, it could have happened sooner, but this this feels earned, you know, all the hard work I put in. Uh, I'm sure he wouldn't have turned down a championship running a yeah. years ago. I'm just saying and I'm not saying um it had to happen earlier. I'm saying this felt good because any decision making was taken out of WWE's hands because they felt like they needed to pull the trigger. So Can I, I say I, I'm really tired of people saying this was just a ratings pop. Like that's what wrestling is, bro. Like Rosario Dawson parachuting in. That was a ratings pop. <laughs> Who cares? I it may, if it makes you watch the show, I, I I don't really see why it's looked at as a negative. Like I, I mean, that's why we get Snoop Dogg and Shaq and you know, that's why we announced, you know, big world championship. I mean, we had, we announced the Bob Lashley versus Randy Orton championship match that was really good for 20 minutes. <laughs> they beat the shit out of each other. Um, I, I'm, I'm not, I don't know. I, I just wouldn't be so negative with, you know, why, why are they doing a ratings pop? Like, not saying they did. I, I'm, I'm saying it's good that everything was taken out of WWE's hands. I'm not complaining that this happened in any way, shape, or form. I'm saying, thank God, everything was taken out of their hands. Whatever their plan was, was gone. And Big E can be champion now because, as I said, I wanted him to be champion sooner than now. So, yeah, not not saying, like, this is a complaint. I can't believe they went for a ratings pop. Um, well, I just <laughs> want to keep this, yeah, like, as positive yeah. as possible because we're, I mean, to juxtapose it with Dark Side of the Ring, um, and their their latest uh, offering here about the plane ride from hell. Well, yeah, we're going in two different directions on this conversation, so I think it's good we move on. <laughs> yeah. I, I so, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, this. You know, when WWE was doing a European tour, um, God, what was it? Was it about nineteen years ago? Two thousand two. Yeah, um, yeah some of these guys, you know, to and fro. Uh, this is the plane ride home. Um, I mean, watch, watch and listen to the whole episode. You know, uh, we use the word debauchery, uh, three times. That's, that's what this was. debauchery or debauchery? I thought it was debauchery. I thought it was debauchery. Um, I'll let you use debauchery. I'm taking debauchery, uh, with my first round pick. Um, but I, I, you know, we were, I think we were kind of led to believe, Matt, you, you said they had a cartoon about it, um, that it was just... Yeah, let me throw in there. Um, the, what I wanted to say with that was that I've never seen this cartoon because I, I I have I seen I a clip of it. So I so I couldn't confirm if there even was one, but I saw somebody post on Twitter that it had been removed. But I I didn't know it even exists. It, so I wanted to yeah. throw that out there. So um, I mean, what happens on this plane is just god awful. Like. Essentially, in Dark Side, they talk about uh, not not only are the wrestlers like getting hammered and like ordering dr- you know ordering drink after drink after drink, getting impatient, and they stop ordering drinks and just stop, but just start making their own drinks. Uh, you know, the talking heads on the on the program, uh, Mike Kyoto, Rob Van Dam, uh, Tommy Dreamer, you know, start telling you how common it was for them to basically roofie each roofie each other. Um, can I can I say while you bring up Mike Kyoto? Um, I think he thought he was coming into a big old joke episode of Dark Side of the Ring. Um, the way that he responded to all of the the questions. Yeah, have, you, have you watched Dark Side of the Ring? Like Kyoto, yeah. it's not going to look good out. in the, in the ed- 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 editing room. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's a name I think is getting forgotten only because his, his attitude just did not match where his head should have been at. Uh, but go ahead, I, I feel like that's a name that's being missed. But go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, WWE, WWE had their uh, a cartoon on this, and they basically boiled it down to the guys having a few too many and Brock Lesnar 
trying to throw a curtain heading through an airplane and they thought that it was going to crash. Um, so that kind of sort of was something that could have happened. But the, the much worse part was Ric Flair walking around styling and profiling, um, as oh, Tommy yeah. Dreamer put it. Uh, naked and trying to get the flight attendants to touch his penis um, without their consent, of course. So I, I guess, you know, WWE absolutely had to remove the cartoon version of this because it's way worse than I think we were uh, obviously led to believe. Um, this led to WWE firings. Um, Scott Hall let go. Kurt Henning let go. Um, at the time, right. Yeah, at the time. Um, and then we... I, I think so many of the lines that really pop out, you know, as a viewer are... Um, uh, I think you, you wrote it in here, told to no-sell uh, what was going on. If you want to jump in on that no-sell portion. Yeah, I guess uh, the reason I threw that in there is that was one of the most disturbing parts... I mean, the whole thing top to bottom, but Terry Reynolds was, was told by Dustin Rhodes on multiple occasions, even the, the, uh, the documentarians I don't know, of dark side of the ring stopped. And, you know, the very rarely do they jump in and question, you know, you're told to no sell, you know, I'm, I'm guessing they probably did one of these. You're, you're told to no sell quite a bit when it comes to, I guess interactions that become sexual with uh, these pro wrestlers and um, her response was that it happened all the time was that, I guess this type of thing would just, you know, it, it was, it was weekly if not daily for her. And um, I guess she was numb to it, which, you know, for the documentary, she gets that line in there, but how disgusting is it is that it was, she was just, it happened so often that she was numb to it. And, uh, you know, the things that she was told to uh, to no sell were uh, one of Dustin Rhodes, um, he was singing to her on the plane. And then I, I guess was asked, he asked her face to face to no sell this moment. Uh, and it made her very uncomfortable. And um, I, it's something where this is a gentleman putting a woman in a situation where she's not comfortable and she's being told face to face to not say anything just let it happen uh which i mean those words uh, how close do we have to get to 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 rape before we're you know you're looking at a situation of somebody who's um especially with how built these guys are um and we're going to talk about brock lesnar here in a second but you know they they are owning or controlling a sexual situation and the woman involved, who, of course, Terry is much smaller, is told to say nothing. But, of course, the words they used were no sell to make it more about wrestling, I guess, uh, to make it like, oh, it's just a part of the business, which is what is, is scary. You know, it's not keep your mouth shut. It's no sell, which basically means it's industry practice for these types of things like what Brock Lesnar did, which was present himself nude uh, to Terry. And uh, again, she just walked away from the situation is the way she described it and did a no sell, but um, sexual assault. Um, and she was asked to not say anything. That's the situation. Uh, Mike, we have Brock Lesnar coming up to uh, some pretty big championship matches um, with Roman Reigns. Uh, I think uh, we're all good with Ric Flair here on this show. We were good on Ric Flair few years ago um the wwe is parted ways when, when you say good with uh you mean we've you know we've oh right yeah we were done watching uh rick flair is what yeah. i mean to say yeah uh, a few years ago like we 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 never needed to see him again and um for this stuff i think yeah i mean the out. confidence of tommy dreamer telling that flair story of flair you know helicoptering his penis and he's like this is the sense of humor that we had and it's just kind of I, I guess just kind of dismissive of it. Right. Even, so I, even in 2021. I. <laughs> so what I, I guess what I'm getting at is uh, Flair. I mean, this should be it for the pro wrestling world. Tommy Dreamer, this should be it for the pro wrestling world. Uh, Brock Lesnar. I, I have no 
problem saying it. We, I mean, we're doing, if this isn't the end of Brock Lesnar after this, we're doing the exact thing that JR got stuck with at the end of that documentary where, again, the guys running the documentary asked JR, they threw this into the Dark Side of the Ring episode and said, um, you know, with, with everything that happened, you mentioned, uh, you already mentioned Kurt Henning getting uh, let go, Scott Hall gets fired. And nothing happened to Ric Flair. So in the documentary, they ask why didn't to Jr. who um, takes the blame for this entire situation. He says this was his job, even though that job shouldn't exist to take care of grown men. Uh, he takes the blame. Is asked why didn't Flair get in trouble, and he says he doesn't know. Are we playing the same game with Brock Lesnar because he well, makes so much money that we're just gonna go? Well, he didn't say he didn't know. He also said he was a made man. Right. So, is so that, that's where I'm going with Brock Lesnar. Are we just, he's going to bring in so much money. He's going to head on over to Saudi Arabia for another crown jewel. And uh, no no punishment for Brock because he's Brock. I mean, we you could watch SmackDown today and he was all over the opening segment because they showed a complete replay of what happened last week because uh, Brock Lesnar is big money for them. So uh, I guess... What I almost titled this episode is how to, like, where where do, uh, I wanted to just say, has pro wrestling culture changed? And a lot of people have said yes today, that pro wrestling culture is getting better. It is changed in a, in a far more, I don't know, impressive degree if Brock Lesnar was let go after that episode. If we're not just talking about a WWE network show that nobody watched, got removed, whoop-de-doo, there's got to be consequences for this stuff. I, The other show we do, Mike, is, is Red Wings Rant for the NHL. And we talked about a kid who is influenced by one thing or another, but his NHL career is, is over as it should be because they need to... They need to teach the younger kids coming up that, you know, there, there isn't just this, if you're good enough at hockey uh, and you make mistakes, you can still make it in the NHL. At some point they need to set the example that this, these sexual assaults, um, I mean, taking advantage of women, taking advantage of someone smaller than you just has to stop. And the examples need to start being set with guys that aren't a thousand years old and are already out of the business and nobody's going to give two shits if we never see Tommy Dreamer again anyway. I, w I don't tune into Impact Wrestling on a weekly basis. So, you know, Tommy Dreamer, he should be gone. Brock Lesnar's the one that changes pro wrestling. We want to talk about all day today on yeah. people saying that things are better. That's... That's your change. And it's not better when he's winning the title in a couple of months and he's our champion and everybody's completely forgotten about this. Yeah, it definitely would feel uh, hypocritical uh, for this to air and WWE to still reward uh, Brock for that. Cause I, it, I, you know, we're not about to get a public apology or any of that kind of stuff, putting him through the, you know, politically correct ringer. I, I don't think that that's going to happen. I just, I think looking at Big E becoming champion this week and looking at this dark side of the ring from 20 years ago um, and what high regard, you know, that attitude era was held. Um, and I, I just, I can't get over Undertaker talking um, so condescendingly about what the locker room looks like now. And I mean, when they talk about dark side of the ring in this in this era, they, they always refer to him as the boys. And the boys for me is is probably one of the scariest parts because you talked about no cell being, well, this is just industry speak. And when you call it the boys, that refers to the boys being boys. And that verbiage is an excuse for them to get away with whatever they want because they're just boys being boys. And it doesn't mean that it means that there's like no accountability for it. It means that they're allowed to get away with what they call pranks or their sense of humor or, you know, taking advantage of their, you know, physical 
power over another person. Um, and it's just the boys being boys. And I got to say, Big E is, uh, he's such a 180, you know, from stuff like that. Um, I, I can't imagine any of those assholes on that plane, um, you know, reaching out to, uh, you know, uh, uh, the widowed family of a, of a brother. I, 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 I can't imagine them putting out <laughs> something like our heroes rock. Um, I, I can't imagine them just, you know, having that real sense of altruism because this, these, these are just pieces of shit. Like the way these guys acted on this plane. And I, I, I don't know. It, Like it, it really bums me out because it, you know this stuff gets to keep quiet for so long. Um, you know, it was a fucking cartoon by WWE. Um, it, it takes a it takes basically a, a YouTube a forty minute YouTube video with some you know marginal production value to kind of help bring this to light, and it's an important thing to bring to light. And I'm and I'm glad they're I'm really glad these guys are doing this. Um, but I, I just, when you, when you watch this, you're really bummed out and you're like, man, I, I don't ever want to meet my heroes. And thankfully just to you know, not make that such a, uh, uh, you know, universal statement, Big E comes along and that, that seems like a hero I want to meet. So if Brock wins, that is totally hypocritical, but at least People like Biggie, people like the New Day, um, you know, the members of the New Day exist, and that the locker room is getting better. It's not just the boys. It's, you know, this is a community of guys who see each other in real life, um, you know, and realize what they can do with with their, 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 um, their voices because they are on television. So it, it, it feels like things are, you know, getting more positive, and I feel like, Biggie is a symbolic move towards that. I guess, yeah, I I know what you're saying. It just feels like symbols are are more of like, like you could easily make the make the connection, like connecting the dots between PR moves and symbols, where if there really is change and they realize, you know, finance. The financials don't matter anymore. You know, we're not just trying to show that we're diverse or what have you. We're we're showing that there's no, you know, we don't tolerate what happened in the past. And we need to show everybody that's coming up for the future that if you even think that you're powerful enough to get away with this, uh, you you can't. Because even though we love Big E, there's a lot of guys who could become yeah, champion. I, 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 I don't want to excuse WWE at all. I, I just want Undertaker to shut the fuck up because he's wrong. Yeah, <laughs> that too. Um, so yeah, I, I guess we could wrap this up and uh, we go into something a little bit more fun uh, because this, this I mean, nobody's going to, well, you know what? I'll take that back. There have been people on Twitter that have been uh, trying to argue about this not being terrible or that we, we've known about it for how many years, but um I would like to see if WWE got an early draft of this, and this is why they let Ric Flair go. I mean, wouldn't there must have been somebody who let them know that that would not shock me. That was one of the first thoughts that I had, um, and people making the comment like, "Wow, good thing WWE got rid of Ric Flair before." No, it don't remove WWE from this. Of course, like. You know, one of the things Jr. did that, you know, he took the blame for this, but uh, he also didn't fail to mention that Vince McMahon could totally have done something too. So, um, you know, if you didn't catch that part, I don't, I can't help you. All righty, uh, Mike. Like I said, <laughs> trying to find some. Uh, yeah, we had to get off that story because um, uh, this was a really good week of wrestling. Um, it just Dark Side of the Ring did such a fantastic job of telling the story. Holy God. Um, yeah. If you, if you guys aren't aware of, of um, the plane ride from hell uh, or what, you know, what that story really is, Jr. titled it that himself. Like it, you know, he 
it's like a just a story that goes around pro wrestling. Um, go go watch this episode. You can find it on YouTube. Just you know, plane ride from hell, dark side of the ring. Um, I guess educate yourself on who your heroes are. <laughs> I don't think any of those guys. Um, if I took a look at my my heroes, uh, none of them have ever checked one of those boxes. So. Uh, not to say I'm not like, oh, good for me. I'm just, um, you know, be take a look at these guys and be a little bit smarter with with who you're picking as as your hero. Um, and if if we do learn that they're pieces of shit, flush them down the toilet and get rid of them. All right. Well, let's do let's pivot away from this because I, I we need to we need a little reboot here. Uh, man, hot tip. Okay. I, don't know if you're I had to... a whole other. I had my segment ready to go. Give me one sec. That's we not how... I know. Hey, you gotta. Must be crawling on my belly, trying to get Matt in the corner, and he. FTR must have knocked him off the apron. Those bastards. Let Matt get back up there for that hot tag. Hey, now that's what I'm talking about, baby. Matt Rosario Dawson. Was kind of getting into it with Malachi Black this week. And, uh, Matt, which uh, Rosario Dawson character would you like to see her wrestle as? I got uh, Ashoka from Star Wars. Matt, I got Is Gale. Is it Ashoka or Ahsoka? I'm going Ashoka. We got an H in there. Matt, Gail from Sin City, Abernathy from Death Proof, or she's been all over uh, DC cartoons uh, voicing Catwoman in the, I think, coming out soon? But she's also got a lot of credits as one woman. Matt, any of those four, who you got? Yeah, I'll go with Ahsoka. Uh, she's probably the one I know best. So uh, I'm a huge fan of that character already. But, um, you know, I don't really need Rosario Dawson anyway. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> um, yeah, if you're if you're a big fan of, what is that called? The Go Big Show? Um, yeah. You know, the next thing we're going to see is Burt Kreischer on our TVs, and nobody needs that. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. I would like to see him take a knife edge chop in the belly. Uh, Matt, give me Abernathy from Death Proof, because of the four, she's the only one without superpowers. Uh, But she did have a hell of a Seth Rollins curb stomp. So give me Abernathy all day. Oh, that's true. That was a good pick. Um, All right. So my. Hit us with Nona here. Yeah, uh, if you guys haven't seen this yet, uh, I, I hope that if you have uh, Disney Plus, you're going to go check this out. Um, just the, you know, if you take a look at the main character on the right hand side here for Nona, for anybody watching on YouTube, uh, her shirt says Smashdown. Now, this is a short, so I don't want to give too much away, but it, this is pretty much uh, you've got a huge pro wrestling fan. And uh, you can see on the poster here we're showing on, on YouTube, she's staring at. Her granddaughter uh, giving, you know, sneering a little bit because you could tell she's a little bit frustrated. So this is something that surprised me to actually like in the same morning I watched Dark Side of the Ring and then Nona and both are completely. (laughs) I'm glad you watched them in that order. Spectrum. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Completely different sides of the spectrum and both involving pro wrestling. And um, it, it really helped, too, that that whoever you know, put the animations together for that little girl. I mean, I was looking at it and seeing my daughter. So oh, here we go. Adorable thing I, I've ever seen. Sorry. Sorry. I, I love my daughter. Uh, I apologize. I feel like I got to apologize to Mike. Um, Thank you. Yeah, life. that's what we wanted. Yeah. All right. It's uh, it's such a bummer for Mike to hear that I love my daughter, I guess. I don't know. All right. Uh, but yeah, guys, um, if you want to, if you're, fully aware of what uh, dark side of the ring was or you watched it and you want to feel better you want to have a nice little warm tummy and uh enjoy some wrestling content feel good go go watch nona spark shorts on uh on disney plus i thought if you wanted the butterflies in your tummy you'd watch uh dexter loomis and indy hartwell get married oh yeah that that was actually a fantastic segment mike i uh i did tweet out so yeah let's talk about nxt 2.0 because uh I feel like some aspects of it people were very lenient on and other aspects that were way too harsh. Uh, but one thing we could all agree on uh, was that Dexter Loomis and uh, Indy Hartwell's wedding is an A-plus segment. It is one of the best comedy segments in pro wrestling history. I have no problem saying that. And the swerve, which I love the interpretation of this, the swerve is that the wedding w- went through with no problems. Um 
the big, you know, the big pops, Dexter Loomis saying, I do, uh, showing off the little hatchet he has in his jacket, all, all beautiful moments. Anything Johnny Gargano did just, it first was extremely annoying and cringy, but he just kept being Johnny Gargano or like this new version of super annoying Johnny Gargano. And then it just became, oh, there he goes again. And, um, it, it was it was gold. It was comedy gold for pro wrestling. You can't expect you know the office here. Uh, you're not you're not going to see Rick and Morty level of comedy. But for pro wrestling, this is an A this is an A plus comedy segment. But what I you know I, I did tweet out uh, the next morning was um, this this should be sobering for anybody that like too harshly will judge pro wrestling or get too upset about it. Get very mad. At Tommy Dreamer, Ric Flair, Vince McMahon, all of those sacks of shit. Fuck them. But NXT 2.0, don't get too mad because uh, Mike's segment of the night was uh, was a fucking comedy segment about <laughs> a potential murderer uh, marrying the the love of his life, and um, you know his character being like a like a murderer. I guess is what I mean by that. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Like I said, should be very sobering for anybody that gets very upset or, uh, you know, sends Jesus Christ, sends death threats to Sean Ross Sapp and his family. Um, I couldn't believe that. But this is what we're watching, everyone. It's just, it's a silly, like, variety show. Um, you know, we label it as pro wrestling, but it's a silly variety show. That's what we're watching. And it's fun. And it's cute. And it just... Stop being pieces of shit. Um, it goes, you know, also Ric Flair. Stop being a fucking piece of shit. All right. But NXT 2.0, Mike. Yeah. Big bugaboo at the start of the show was how bright and colorful it was. Mike, I get, I get it. Something's new and different. I think we were all pretty upset. Um, and, and I think more people should have been upset with, like, uh, the booking decisions and uh, what, what happened, like, the difference between two weeks two different weeks of NXT and how different it felt. That is something I can get on board with of somebody being like, wow, this is a completely different show. These matches are booked completely differently. I don't think this is for me. I might leave. If you said that, I can have that conversation. But the same people that will post pictures of all the indie shows that they go to and how cool they are, Mike, that is the vibe I got from NXT 2.0. If uh, if anybody hadn't seen it yet, I mean, you're talking about a brightened up room where you can see the rafters, white walls. Sure, they're painted with a light and they're like blue and red and yellow and what have you. But for the most part, you're looking at, you know, like a white cinder block wall of a gymnasium. That's right, Mike. It just looks like we're in a brightly lit gymnasium, which is where we see all of our indie pro wrestling shows. So um, if there's anything that should have been sobering was when I pointed that out on Twitter and a lot of people just either they got more mad at me or they kind of tapped out and they're like, yeah, I guess that's a good point. They kind of went for the indie wrestling look and just kind of classed it up or like took it up a level. So I felt like that was a lot of the complaints was the look of it. But again, I still ask anybody to watch an episode or rewatch the episode or watch the next episode and realize that I think they just they're, they're going for something that's more inviting. Of course, the cage look was terrible. Uh, look, you know, like you were going into a dungeon. This brightly lit. Everybody should feel super safe in that building. Unlike before. Um but, uh, you know, on, on top of that, I, I really do think they're selling an, an indie wrestling vibe. And if they want to steal that and they accidentally walked into that, I can go for it because it's a good idea. That's how you should be selling NXT wrestling. But, um, Mike, I mean, if if you ask me to judge all those matches, I, I I'd put a lot of D's on top of my grades for them if anybody ever cared to to ask because... Uh, they didn't do a lot to tell great stories. Uh, they they gave it looked like they were just giving people opportunities in the ring, and uh, what we were warned was that this was supposed to be. I'm sorry, skewing more development, and less trying to compete with like AEW Dynamite. So that's what it felt like I was watching. 
and I yeah. I didn't have a lot of care and love for the the wrestlers I was seeing. So it just from that aspect, um, you know, I might it this just might not be for me. Um, and a lot of people liked it. They liked yeah. The, um, I, I think the, that uh, the aesthetic that is woo. I I you know we give WWE creative uh, grief all the time, but man, their production value is outstanding because if the goal was to like just minimalize and uh, you know let's just make this look like our version of indie wrestling, man, they hit a home run. Um, I was I, I'm pulling again from Big E, but he was talking about. Um, when he sets himself apart and be, you know, gets to be himself, you know, he looks around and, you know, two thirds of the roster are wearing, you know, black or red and they got smoke coming out for their entrance. So for NXT to, you know, kept, keep doubling down on, you know, we're going to be black and gold and then we're going to be dark and scary. We're going to have cages. And then that just, it felt claustrophobic. This feels like an open environment. It feels inviting. It feels fresh. It feels like this is, you know, the, the, the focus is on this young talent, not on creating this environment. Because um, you're, you're not distracted by all the, you know, chain link fence and glass pounding. It, right. it didn't work. Um, so I, I think it's aesthetically a really good start. And then, you know, you just got to be patient, patient if they're going to, you know, start throwing all these new wrestlers out there. And we got to kind of learn who they are. They have to learn who they are. Um, yeah, it's. I think it's it's something to be optimistic about. Um, I guess. I don't know. Um, I guess we'll kind of let it pan out. But um, the one thing that just cracked me up so much was a uh, Braun Breaker, uh, <laughs> Rex Steiner. Um, was it? We have. Uh, he debuted and he got to beat my beloved LA Knight, who seems. I don't know, destined to be the Ty Dillinger of their of that show. I don't know if he's ever going to be champ like he should be. Um, uh, man, he's. I'll tell you this right. He is a thousand times more. He seems charismatic and interesting. He seems so overqualified. He seems so overqualified for what he, they're doing with him. He should be on the main roster. He, he's he's good to go. Like he ship him out. <laughs> he figured it out. Yeah, he's not a prospect anymore. Um, <laughs> Um, but, uh, it cracked me up that everybody was really mad about, you know, this Braun Breaker name. And I, I was pretty upset about LA Knight. I didn't know how he went from Eli Drake to LA Knight. And I get that they're both, uh, three syllables. Uh, but I don't know. LA Knight wasn't feeling it. Uh, but I, I, I'm, I'm getting on board. So I think maybe Braun Breaker will get there too. Um, uh, Matt, last little bit here. Is there anything that you want? What's the thing you want to see most out of NXT 2.0? I guess if like, where do you go with Dexter and Indy? Because, you know, honestly, it got the entire pro wrestling world to turn their head and, and kind of, you know, oh, this this can be fun still. Um, so I'm trying to figure out how do you take advantage of everybody falling in love with the two of them? I think this would be, and I I think this is way out of you know right or left field, whatever the uh, default is supposed to be for that turn of phrase. Um, I think this would be a good opportunity to create a mixed gender division and to keep those two together and have them dominate. Um, there's a lot of opportunities. Uh, I think and if if they have as many development talents as they say. You know, I, I think this would be a good way to start the division, see how it can go and trying to tell stories and, and have this be development for creative as well. Um, but, you know, uh, for NXT 2.0, I had what I wanted out of NXT. And, um, you know, last week we heard Mick Foley talking about if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And uh, it's being fixed uh, a second time, Mike, uh, because it wasn't broken when it was an hour long fucking amazing show on the wwe network and then they tried to fix it make it a two-hour long show and now they're double fixing it um you know what i'd really like mike i'd like my one hour shows to stay one hour which i'm not going to get next week with my new favorite aew show I know. <laughs> ultimately that card's going to be really stacked though they're trying to do I know. yeah i know it should be an hour but I would say man the one thing i want i want wwe not to double down but to triple down 
on this new uh, bingo hall aesthetic. And I think that Cameron Grimes should start playing bingo um, with people in the crowd in between matches. Give me a bingo bingo ball cage dispenser machine thing. Yeah, I don't know what those are called. Raffle drums? Yeah. All right, we're going with raffle drums. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's, uh, let's just go through uh, AEW this week. Uh, we didn't give them a ton of time because we had so many crazy things for WWE. Um, Adam Cole got his first uh, AEW match Whoops. against uh, Frankie Kazarian. Um, Matt, does, uh, I, I don't know. What do, you, what do you think of that match? Did you get to watch it? Um, oh, yeah. No, I did, because that was, that was the first match of the night. Um, yeah, that was, that was like one of the only segments I think I watched start to finish. It was it was more about getting an entrance, right? That was that was what it was all about, and I I think I think he got the crowd excited, and it was fine. I, I gotta say, I watching it of uh, of of all these ex WWE NXT guys. I think the Adam Cole. I love the uh, you know the boom. I love the baby, but man, that story time thing. That, please, we gotta stop doing that. I, do people really pop for story time, boys and girls? I. It's rare. It's never been a story. It's usually like a sentence or two. This is a terrible bedtime story. Um, not a fan. Um, I also wanted to bring up, we got NXT 2.0, but we also got AEW 2.0. Uh, they got to go to war against Mox and uh, uh, our boy Eddie Kingston. Um, I just love the 2.0s getting the rub from arguably my favorite tag team in the last you know couple of years. And my cat found another rock, so... Excuses, uh, shenanigans here. Uh, fun to listen to for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say the one match I was really sad about was uh, Jade Cargill against Layla Hirsch? Yeah. Jesus, dude. He's just fucking flying around. Uh, this for me. He wants us to wrap up. <laughs> he said, I hope it's not a piece of cat litter. I think it's a rock. Um,. Yeah, this for me was uh, Regal and Goldberg because Jade looked really green. Um, I would, I would put her against so many women on the in the division, but I just wouldn't put her against Layla Hirsch, who's like a legitimate fighter. And even though Jade has, God, like nine inches on Hirsch, uh, Hirsch still had bigger quads because she's just like a little cannonball of fury. Um, I'm glad that you know Jade's getting some more matches, but man, I would have I would have punted on the Hirsch matchup. Yeah, I, uh, you 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 mentioned that to me uh, before, so I, I I took a look and I you know I agree. Uh, I I don't know if the Goldberg uh, William yeah, I mean, is it's a little harsh because that is that is infamous for being an ugly hideous match, which I wouldn't say this was ugly or hideous i i think it's just something um i don't know they're they, you know i think just the like because of the wrestling. technician the technician versus you know somebody's gonna be a powerhouse and the powerhouse is still you know kind of wrestling tentatively because she wants to be safe um but it's just not you know that's, super great yeah so, no i right completely that that's actually a great way to put like what the problem was with that match and um when when she did try to go for power, it looked clunky. Uh, just just yeah, I, I guess something to be yes. watched out. Hopefully, and um, you yeah, know, she's definitely going to. Yeah, she's definitely going to get there. Uh, just wasn't there that night. Um, but man, Darby Allen and Sean Spears. I, <sighs> Darby, if 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 that dude was like six inches taller, he would be like the biggest wrestler on the planet. And uh. Like, well, that's not true. He'd need a he'd need like another foot to be the biggest, <laughs> and like eighty pounds. Um, <laughs> but uh, man, the guy he he uh, you know CM Punk said it. You know when I if I was twelve years old, that would be my favorite wrestler. Um, that story they told with uh, you know the disrespect to the the face paint and taking the towel to it, and then they took the towel to Sting later. I'm, I'm gonna um, put you on mute in a second. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, the cat? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, he found another rock. Hold on. <laughs> Cut out! You piece of crap. Get out of here. 
Um, yeah, I mean, my my thoughts on Darby while Mike uh, is screwing around and playing with his cat. Um, I, I mean, I, I could probably go where the direction that Mike was going with Darby, but I mean, this guy is is everything that I think we loved about like uh, growing up and watching pro wrestling and being a part of the generation that grew up with the Attitude Era. And, you know, getting very far away from how we started this show. But, you know, the guys that would come in week and week out during the Attitude Era that we we fell in love with. And I always bring up this tag team, and it just so happens that they have face paint. Um, but it's, it's Mosh and Thrasher, for me, were one of the most underrated tag teams because they were there every single week, and you got to rock out with them. Um, clearly, Darby has way more talent than those two did. Uh, sorry, Mosh and Thrasher. But, like, that's the thing I fall in love with, with these guys that come in week after week. And, um, you know, there's there's not this excuse of, of why they're not in the ring. And when they are in the ring, they're they're putting on bangers. You know, it uh, just happened to be that they were a couple of headbangers. Uh, and Darby Allen is just putting on perfect matches every time. Yeah. Um, I know that we have, like, you know, Japanese strong style. We have British strong style. Um, I, I gotta say that it really feels like Darby's doing Dolph Ziggler strong style, where you just bump like a motherfucker for 20 minutes every time you get in the ring. Um, and he's one of those guys that, you know, uh, we're really getting enamored with like Ilya Dragunov, um, yeah. where it just feels like, oh, oh, right, this is, this hurts. You know, some yeah. wrestlers gotta make you forget that. I'm looking at you, Young Bucks. Um, and Darby reminds me, oh, yeah, that's a real human body hitting steel and getting slammed onto a piece of wood with just a little bit of yoga mat on top of it. Oh, yeah, that hurts. Um, so I, I just love the, uh, like, the realism that he, uh, he brings to the matches. Um, and I guess the last segment I just wanted to bring up, because I didn't think that we would get uh, Brian Pillman Jr. over, at least not in this capacity, um, but... Man, he comes out rocking a massive mullet. He's got a brand new uh, shirt with a big tiger on it. Everybody knows I'm Tiger Boy. And uh, MJF is getting this storyline over. Um, as funny as he is, he's still getting nuclear heat, and he's getting people to care about Pillman Jr. And he's not really gotten that opportunity at all. Um, and I, I'm, I'm just really you know happy for this story. Um, I'm happy to see it kind of get its culmination or maybe just the first chapter uh, when they do the Grand Slam next week, um, especially MJF. Woo! We're looking up to talk to uh, Brian Pillman Sr. and then remembering, oh, yeah, and then he starts looking down, um, obviously alluding to Brian Pillman being in hell, which uh, nice little nice little touch there by uh, one of the masters of the microphone. Yeah. I mean, that that stuff has been great. Um, I, I really liked uh, in Cincinnati, Pillman looked, he was so jacked to be in his hometown. He looked nervous, which is incredible for a guy that just does this for a living and runs through indie shows every, every day, if not every day, certainly every weekend. And he was so jacked for that storyline and to be out there with his family. It was, that was, that was beautiful. That was the the poetry and beauty of pro wrestling when you really step into like the realism side of it. Um, all right, we got to do Grand Slam here real quick because uh, we're hitting that hour. We we just did way too much dynamite, I would say. Well, let's do this. Just sprint like, through the card and then the match you're most excited about. Yeah. Um, is that me? Am I sprinting through the card? You might keep yeah. sprinting through the card. This is this is all right. Card. We got uh FTR versus Dobby Allen and Sting, uh, Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho, and this is going to be a women's uh championship match. Pretty pumped for that. Uh, Eddie Kingston and John Moxley versus Lance Archer and Suzuki. Oh my god, that oh, there's uh, there's gonna be some Walter sized uh slaps on that one. Matt MJF, as we just mentioned, going against Brian Pillman Jr. They advertise to see him punk live interview. They're gonna introduce, yeah. They'll they'll get him ready. To I mean, they're just gonna have powerhouse Hobbs come in yeah. and crash the party. Um, Cody Rhodes getting his rematch against Malachi Black. Please don't let Cody win. And of course, Matt. And what they have not said is a championship match: Brian Danielson versus 
Kenny Omega. Um, man, obviously, the most exciting one here is Brian Danielson wrestling on AEW against yeah. Kenny Omega. Um, and there's no title on the line, so this smells like a victory for old Brian. I don't know. Does Brian really come into AEW and, and beat, you know, who oh, yeah. is arguably the best oh, wrestler yeah. pro wrestling? You, guys, right you know, you overthought it, you know, last pay-per-view, and you're like, well, CM Punk's got to get over Darby Allen. I'm like, no, 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 no. Darby's going to get over just by being in the ring. But Brian Danielson is here. He's got to win his first match. There's no title on the line. Wait, this is easy peasy. One, two, three, Z. <laughs> CM Punk thing, both. <laughs> Never mind. Um, no, I booked him to win, and he said that he was going to lose to try and get over Darby. Oh, I. I just want you to remember you were wrong. I, I just do. like you are here. Yeah, Brian Danielson's going to win all day. Um, sure. Uh, I, I guess I would take Kenny in that one. I, I, I think there's <laughs> uh, uh, too, too many variables that can get thrown in, especially this not being a title match. I think they can have a lot of fun at the end. So I think this gets overbooked and gets silly, which is why the match I'm like, we're going to have fun in the middle, beginning in the middle. And then the end, I feel like is going to turn into another convoluted Kenny Omega finish, which I, I'm, I'm just going to throw it out there. We've gotten a lot of those recently with, uh, especially with the Chris, uh, Christian matches and the Christian feud. Um, but I, for me, I got a hot take question for you on this one too. Oh boy. Um, here we go told you to put it in the private chat and then it'll it'll be hot and juicy man it goes without saying that the longest match at the grand slam is going to be brian versus omega what's the second longest match on this card what's going to get the second most amount of tv 10 um you know i really want malachi to squash cody um it's probably it's probably gonna be it's it's either the uh, uh, Lance Archer and Minoru Suzuki versus uh, Kingston and Moxley, or it's Britt Baker and Ruby Soho, which would be my pick for the match I'm most excited for because I'm very prepared for a lot of shenanigans in the Danielson Kenny Omega match. I think that. Kingston and Max will probably pull the curtain, and that'll probably be the second longest one. And then the other matches will kind of pepper them in. That's just my opinion. But um, and then real quick, we'll just do the, the rampage card because it's so it's so incredible. Um, Adam Cole and the Young Bucks versus Christian Cage and Jurassic Express. Men of the Year versus Jericho and Jack Hager, and then CM Punk versus Powerhouse. Um, I gotta say the one. For me, easily most excited about is Punk versus Powerhouse. I we've been talking about Hobbs for a while. He's also one of the guys who reached out to Big E. Big E's a big fan of Hobbs, um, and Hobbs. I, I don't know. They haven't really given him anything to chew on, and uh, I'm hoping that Punk kind of you know saw this guy in the locker room and said, "Yeah, let's get to a, let's get in the ring together. Let's make something work." Um, and I'm excited to see where this goes. This is the one I'm looking forward to on Friday. Uh, yeah, samesies, but I guess I'll sit here and, and say Super Click is fighting Mike. Woo! Can't wait. Woo. I, I Slap did, those thighs. I mean, the, the interesting part of this for me, I think, is, is Adam Cole getting to jump, you know, from Red Dragon <laughs> over to the Young Bucks, which arguably in the indie scene, I, I would say over the last, like, 15 years. Uh, yeah. You know, two of the top five tag teams uh, on the indie side. Um, two tag teams I've been lucky enough to watch uh, in Ring of Honor, which is which is super fun. Um, and Adam Cole has had himself aligned with both, uh, so it'll be it'll be fun to to see. I, I think there's a different dynamic of the Adam Cole character between uh, him being a part of the elite and him leading the Undisputed Era. So. Um, that that dynamic for for Cole is definitely going to change, and I think um, lends to the idea that you know, I think we'll slowly see things teased out, and I think he's going to try and fight the elite from the inside um, for you know the betterment of uh, storytelling and and our viewing enjoyment. But um, 
yeah, I, I, this match is happening. It'll be fun. I, we love Jurassic Express. Uh, what did I call them a few weeks ago? Something dumb. I think you call them Jungle Express. Oh, that's right. Jungle Express. Because their song was uh, the jungle. I was Never mind. I don't need to explain that again. Uh, but yeah, I'm still looking for more. I'm looking forward to the CM Punk match uh, with Powerhouse uh, more than anything else going on on Rampage. But um, it's still going to be a fun show. So yeah, that's that's that, right? I think that's it. Yeah, and uh, fuck the two-hour rampage. What the fuck are we doing? Come on, this is my favorite show. It's already jumping the shark with two hours here. Come on, it's bullshit. <laughs> I don't want to stay up late. It won't happen all the time. It'll it'll be a, a one-off. Don't no, I, I know. I know. I'm just saying. No, it's... <laughs> oh, it's got to make it longer. God damn it, make it shorter. Give me half hour wrestling shows. Come on, fifteen minutes. Give me a TikTok of pro wrestling. I'd be so, I'd be over the moon with just a couple of super kicks and a pin. Go to bed. It's like eight fifteen. <laughs> uh, I got kids, man. All right, let's wrap it up. Uh, everybody, uh, thanks for tuning in. Beats later. Yeah, exactly. Uh. Thanks for tuning in. Find us uh, at BOD Podcast on Twitter, uh, brothersdiscussion.com, BODpodcast.com if you guys want to check out the shop and uh, help support the show. Anybody that uh, accidentally fell in and watched because you're a Red Wings fan and you uh, used to like pro wrestling or you're kind of a casual fan, uh, stick around. Watch, you know, Watch the full episode. Get to know what's going on in WWE and AEW and um, ignore the, you know, like the dark side of the ring stuff is just gonna maybe fuel the flames of not coming back into pro wrestling but uh you know ignore that feeling and and come back and and enjoy this wrestling show all right everybody (laughs) thanks for tuning in and uh yeah i guess uh have a good one it's been great